everyone and welcome back to the News Agent Podcast. My name is Andrea Warmington and I'm the Senior Content Manager at Goodlord. Today's podcast is a recording of our webinar with Paul Champlina, Chief Commercial Officer at Hamilton Fraser, Founder of Landlord Action, star of Nightmare Tenants, Slum Landlords and a frequent guest of Goodlords. He joins our Director of Insurance, Ollie Sherlock, to discuss how letting agents can upsell landlords, whether they're new to your agency or already on your books, from let only to full management service. Let's get into it. Today, I'm going to be joined by Paul Champlina, um, Chief Commercial Officer at Hamilton Fraser. Um, and we're going to be discussing how to upsell uh, your let-only landlords to full management services. And uh, we're going to be discussing three, I think, important points. Um, one, understanding your landlords. Um, what tips uh, does Paul have um, that can help us really get a good understanding of those clients to really help us give us the best possible chance to onboard them into your businesses? What are the killer moves to convince your landlords to use your agency? Um, how do you go out there and actually win more business in such a competitive space? Um, and finally, how to get them from a let-only landlord, maybe, uh, to fully managed. I suggested we do this webinar, actually, on the back of a Hamilton Fraser poll that was uh, completed. I think around 14,000 landlords um, and different individuals were, were consulted within that poll. And what that showed is that more than half of those landlords actually didn't use a letting agent. Um, and that got us thinking that maybe we should be supporting you in different ways to try and get as many landlords into your business as possible. And with that in mind, um, it's a pleasure to be joined by Paul. Paul, good morning. I think you're there on the line. Good morning, Ollie. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm refreshed. I've uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm all good. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm very happy to be here and uh, to share my experience of acting for landlords and letting agents for 30 years now. Believe it or not, and. Uh, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And uh, uh, one thing I want to highlight, and I'm sure you highlight because you're an ex-agent as well, is letting agents don't big themselves up enough. They are totally and utterly undervalued for the work they do. And uh, I think it's about time that agents shout a bit more about the great work they do in helping and protecting landlords. Very, very much. Um, so I agree with that everything you've just said there. I did a, um, a chat with uh, Agent Rainmaker a few months ago and think uh, I ended up going on a bit of a rant, actually, uh, about how I felt agents were undervalued and felt that actually through this whole pandemic, um, everybody was talking about tenants, everybody was talking about landlords. Nobody's really talking about the agents. And actually, um, they are the conduit for all the good things that happen uh, in, the, in the private rental sector, in my opinion. So yeah. very much this... This webinar comes from a place of love, not criticism, doesn't it, Paul? It in does. Terms of I trying mean, to yeah. support rather than criticise that things aren't being done because each business is different. But we are just trying to add value through through this webinar. Exactly. And, and, we, and I try and highlight. So, you know, I'm part of a company called Hamilton Fraser. A lot of people will know me from my TV program and Channel 5, Nightmare Tenants, Slum Landlords. I'm, I started a business called Landlord Action 20 years ago. So I represent uh, the whole company. So we act for half a million landlords and 20,000 letting agents. So I do a lot of consultation work with the government. Uh, so we're really at the heart of the private rental sector. We're one of the mm. biggest organisations. 
and, and a sector that, um, in my opinion, has frankly propped up a housing crisis for at least 10 years now and continues to do so. And the action of these letting agents and landlords supports people in ways that I don't actually think the vast majority of government really, really understand. And that's where somebody like yourself, Paul, I know, comes in to try and lobby in the best way possible to give the best insights. But today, it's really about focusing on those letting agents and seeing if we can add anything at all. Um, again, uh, we're not here to try and teach you to eggs. We appreciate you are all working professionals and have the utmost respect for you. We also though, have a good view of, of, of this market, whether it be from, from Paul's side or indeed my side as an ex-agent mm. and now um, a director of insurance at Goodlord. And from a Goodlord perspective, um, we work with, you know, over a thousand letting agents across the UK. And, you know, hopefully we can add something here. Okay, Paul, let, let's get into it. So, um, we're looking to understand two things here, really. The webinar is about sort of taking landlords from let only to fully management. But I think that's only a flavour, really, of probably what we'll cover today, because it's really about winning more landlords, right? Because, as I said earlier, a poll that Hamilton Fraser yourselves actually conducted um, suggested, and there's been data like this previously, that over half of landlords don't use a letting agent. So some of this hopefully is transferable, not only to taking let only to fully managed services, but also just in winning more landlords, um, you know, as many as you possibly can. We thought when we discussed this, the first step to really winning landlords is understanding them um, and understanding exactly, you know, what they're about and what's driving them to be a landlord. So yeah, how can how can letting agents really do that in maybe a different way than they currently do? Well, I think profiling is really important. So, you know, as I said, you know, I've been, I'm a landlord. I've been acting for landlords for 30 years and I'm known in the industry as the landlord's friend because I do campaigning, but also I'm, I'm the letting agent's friend. And, uh, you know, landlords need letting agents more than ever now. Okay. We'll, uh, obviously for the obvious with regard to legislation and rules and chat, I think there's been something like 47 changes in COVID the last year, but with government legislation that's changed because of the uh, Corona Act. Uh, 2020. Firstly, you know, why do you understand your landlords? So really, what do you know about them? Why are they investing? You know, why are they landlords? Where are they at their journey? Because I mean, the reasons for being landlord are generally relocation, they can't sell their property, retirement, uh, they're looking for financial freedom, inheritance, investment. You know, I think when you get a landlord on board, I mean, the biggest thing I, I you know, I've been training landlords, uh, letting agents and landlords, but letting agents for years. And I do one-to-one training and I go to their offices, obviously, um, and I look at their offering and all that stuff. And I think sometimes, you know, you've got a lot of landlords, actually, that have ended up be- being letting agents because they've been disgruntled with letting agent offerings and understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see a lot of that happening. But when you have a landlord, it's profiling them. It's not about them coming on board and you renting that property or that flat for that six-month tenancy. You want to be that landlord's friend effectively and the you know and the and the most important part of a landlord running a successful portfolio or making money on that property is their letting agent period you know yeah uh, and of course i have another hat uh ollie i'm in the advisory council of the property redress scheme we've got 15 000, 15 16 000 members right mm. and 25 percent of complaints are service levels and poor communication so firstly who is that landlord? What? Why are they coming to me? Okay, and we'll talk about the pitch later on. But what are they doing in their journey? You know, understand them. I mean, we had a great chat when, obviously, you were talking about some of the little nuggets that you did as an agent, and you got personal because, I, as a landlord, I want to know my agent doesn't see me as a number; they they see me as who I am. 
and they're going to protect yeah. me. They're going to look after me and building that, yeah, that, that I, I, relationship. I, I, I think that's, that's the most, for me, you know, personally, um, when I was um, uh, practicing as a letting agent, that's the most important thing. Because what I was super conscious of is I didn't want to have to um, uh, take a decrease in my fee. So unless I added something extra, all of a sudden I'm in the same game as the rest of the of the players on Silver Street in Lincoln or or, or in Grantham, Boston, where I used to where I used to um, used to work. So for me, it was actually building an individual file on that individual landlord and saying, yeah. ah, okay, I appreciate this is the type of property, but what are their medium to long term goals? Is this a um, like you say, what's the reason the property is in the market? Is it an old family home that they're, they've got a secondment for work and they're working overseas for a year? Well, if that's the case, then actually they're probably not going to be looking at any future investments at this moment in time, but we could get them there if we, if we manage this property really well. Also, that informs me of the time of demographic of tenant they want in that property. It's a family home they're returning back to. Um, I need to educate them on the risks of that. It's a different conversation to a you know investor type landlord who has a different profile. And I'd record those different profiles of each customer and include stuff like you know where they're going on holiday, what their dog's name was, anything pertinent they had described to me, so I could use that back again in the Definitely. conversations. And that seemed to work, and um, you know it seemed to add value, and it seemed to make any conversation around fees. We and we'll get to that bit, uh, you know. In, in well, the, the, fee, the fees aspect, Ollie. Easier. The fees aspect you talk at the end, not at the beginning, because really, I mean, if if you look at it, the the, the top questions an a, a landlord asks an agent is how much do you how much can you get for my property? How quickly can you rent it? Do you have tenants waiting to move in? Uh, you know, how much do you charge and what service? I mean, that that offering and that those questions should come at the end. I mean, really, it should be a case of I am a buyer expert in this area, and if you're going to build a portfolio, you're going to build it with me. If you're going to sell a property, yeah. you're going to sell it with me. And I know what's happening in the market. I know what's happening locally. You know, you've got to be the go-to guy. But if you have that conversation with a um, uh, maybe an older couple who are moving to Spain for a couple of years to be closer to family who just want that property looked after, it's going to go straight over their head. They're going to think you're a corporate shark and you're only after their money in inverted commas. So it's, it's mirroring that customer, isn't it? It's understanding why indeed that, that couple, that individual, that group are landlords. What's driving their motivation? And also, what's their understanding of this, of this process? Because I think a lot of this, as much as it's un- for letting agents to understand the landlord, it's for the landlord to understand what letting a property actually resembles. I, I think we run the risk in this industry of assuming an awful lot, assuming that all of our customers know exactly what we do. And we're going to come on to where we should detail that, but also assuming that every landlord is maybe the same. Um, and, you know, I don't know how many times agents go in into, into their valuation process and completely amend their talk tracks, completely amend their pitch according to what the landlord is it's actually It's first saying. impression, I, isn't it, Ollie? It's the pitch. It is. I, ha- yeah. I have to have a warm feeling when I meet Ollie. I've got to have a connection because don't forget, I've spoke to three or four other agents. You know, you go in the high street, you've got loads of competitors. I mean, all, I know it's a bit different now. And obviously, a lot of the profiling is done over the phone. And it's a bit different now when you have portals like Rightmove and Zoopla, which makes me a bit even. But I've got to have a connection with you. You know, mm. an agent, sometimes I think they just go through the motions. And one of the things I, I recognised um, through my time as a letting agent is when we started uh, an independent business, we started with the best intentions. We called every landlord, you know, every week. We wrote to them. We did all the blogs. We did the profiling. We did. We did, we, we were. I would like to think bloody brilliant to what we did. As we grew, that became harder and harder and harder to do. 
And I've got to be honest, some of that went by the wayside. And, you know, I wonder yeah, but, how many agents out there are thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, we used to do some of that. But, oh, but I can, t- I can tell bit. you now, and I'm, you, I, you can send me the 10 in the post, but I don't want to 10 in the post. I mean, your good law platform, I mean, has been a real breath of fresh air. Because let's be honest, the full management, you know, the reason a landlord goes to a letting agent is really because they want a decent tenant. They want a good tenant, stay there as long as possible. And actually, statistically, a tenant prefers dealing with an agent rather than a landlord. And, you know, that's another Mm. scenario altogether. But actually, we want the tenant to stay there as long as possible. You know, because of the compliance stuff and because of your platform, you actually save the agent time so they can focus on winning new business you know, and you don't have to, you know, don't worry about all the diversification dates and do the gas safe and all that type of stuff. Stuff pops out. And I think, you know, there has to be an art of outbounding. Uh, uh, there's a really there's a really good book, right, uh, and I will recommend it, called uh, Jeb Blount, J-E-B Blount. Is, it's called Fanatical Prospecting. It's a really good book. Get it on Amazon. It's about how you prospect and how you pipeline because you have to outbound. You know, yeah. outbound in your new pipeline and you have to find time and you've got to be disciplined to be able to find and, and win that business because landlords don't grow on trees, Ollie. They don't. And, and I think they're becoming harder and harder to come by given the um, given the resources available to them as well. Um, you know, I think that the resources that a independent landlord who wants to self-manage has today are far yeah. greater than they were five or ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And that means that we have to up our game as agents and providers. And that's exactly what we want to do. Yeah. But I think if you take one thing away from from this slide in terms of understanding your landlords, it's building that individual profile. And it's not just the property details. That is arguably all public information. It's not just their contact details. It's what's driving them. What segment of the market do they fall into? Because that's going to help you grow your business in two or three years' time. Because if you can start to draw lines of comparison between people that actually maybe do um, want to grow their portfolio, are you, uh, you know, do you have the ability to then funnel maybe new properties to the market that fit their portfolio nicely and provide them maybe with a, um, you know, a, an exclusive viewing on the property or exclusive details, for example? You can start linking different sides of your business together the moment you understand what journey you want that landlord to go on. And indeed, I think that is our job in this industry, right? I think it's our job to take the landlord on that journey and support it, not keep them still. You know, if you can add value in any way, it's not just the management of the property. It's growing their return on investment over a course of time. And I would argue that letting agents, especially some of the ones that we deal with, are so well placed to do that because they know their local area very well. They are indeed, like you say, Paul, a buy-to-let expert. And I think that's how, you know, agents should be putting themselves across, uh, Mm. maybe rather than an estate and letting agent in certain cases. Okay. Anything more that agents can do to understand the landlords? What 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 do you find really annoys landlords? Maybe, and you know, we're not looking at any individual agents for this, but what what you know, generally in the market, do you think annoys landlords when they come to that first touch point with letting agents? I think look, uh, landlords are naive. Okay, landlords. I, I think with agents, you've got to be a bit ruthless. I mean, we are going to come on to let owning full management, so I'll go into a bit more detail like that. But I think with with landlords, you have to. I I I use a traffic light system, yeah, red, amber, green. So basically, let's be honest. You know, there's some great landlords, and everyone's different. And uh, you'll get landlords that want to let only, but you will get landlords. Dare I say it? And everyone hopefully will agree with me, or they might scave me in the chat box. But you get landlords that can be a real pain in the ass, right? That will call. I mean, you'll know this, Ollie, from your agent. You know, you'll try. I think. 
you know, landlords, it's funny, actually, there's an analogy that my old business partner, Landlord Action, said. I mean, bearing in mind with Landlord Action, we've done forty to 50,000 evictions, instructions in 20 years. So you can imagine we're dealing with landlords and we end up being like we landlords, Samaritans, and a lot of agents will be like that mm. as well because you're, you're speaking to them. And he said to me, he goes, landlords are like little kids. He goes, you know, some of them you won't ever hear, like the overseas land or whatever, but someone can call you five times a week. You know, and communication, having platforms, transparency, you know, is really good. But he goes, they're like little kids. They can't hold their we. And it was really stuck him in. He goes, they, they have to call you. You know, it's like a little kid. And landlords are like that. But I think some some letting agents, if you think about your let own in your full management proposition, they end up doing full management on a let only. And we're going to make more did. And then you have to be quite ruthless. You have mm-hmm. to say, look, you know, we could, you know, I, we do this. And this is how we do it. And, you know, we have a fair, fair terms of use and whatever. But generally, the, the, the gripe, I can tell you that landlords have about letting agents, not just people that contact me all the time. I speak to landlords, letting agents, even tenants on a daily basis. That's what I do. And I make sure I've always got my hands on uh, sleeves right up. But I represent my deposits, the property redress scheme, client money protect. Uh, the main gripe about letting agents is poor management services or I've had a let only service or I've had a full management service and they've dropped me like a hot potato and they, and it, I've had, there's poor communication and what am I paying for? But historically, you know, if you're an agent mm-hmm. charging eight, 10% and you divide that by 12, you know, it's, it's 20, 30, 40, 50 quid a month. It's nothing, nothing yeah. in the terms of, I will make sure that I do absolutely everything for you. OK, and I won't I, I will. You would never, ever have to take a call from a tenant that they've lost their keys and they're drunk at five in the morning or that the boiler's broken down at two in the morning. I'm going to do all yeah. that. And I think that has to be hammered home, especially with that, the legislation. That is something that we've talked about um, in, in our in our catch up last week. It's something for any um, agents out there who have attended Good Lord roundtables over the last three or four years that um, I conducted. It's something that I've, I've, I've really probably panged on about too much. So I'm going to do it again. Why not? I'm going to double down. This, for me, is the most obvious win. Um, and it's exactly what you're going to do for your landlords. And plenty of agents that I've met with in the roundtables sit there and say, well, no, we do. We've got, uh, uh, you know, we've got a brochure. And it goes, so, okay, well, show, show me the brochure. And the brochure is normally top-heavy on the team. It's normally top-heavy on the brand. Yeah. And it details the different levels of proposition, fully managed, mm. let only, rent collect, for example. And sometimes they're labeled as, you know, platinum, gold, silver, or, you know, accumulation of those yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. It doesn't actually tell me what you're going to do for me. Mm. Because if mm. you tell me everything you're going to do, you're probably going to end up with a list of between 50 and 100 different things. 100%. And my advice is indeed make that list. Because yes. if we don't, we're assuming that the landlords understand exactly what it takes to manage a property. And yes. it is bloody hard. We, I think we all collectively know that. Managing property is not easy. And the only way we're going to be able to convince landlords, one, to go with our agency, but two, to pay the fee that you're actually worth, in my opinion, yeah. is starting at the basics and detailing every single step. Now, I'm not suggesting for one second you talk through every single step. I'm certainly suggesting you have it as a document and that you signpost it and you say, I'm not going to talk to every step, but I would ideally like you to read through each step that we'll provide you as part of our fully managed service. Mm. And I think for agents yeah. that haven't been through that, Paul, 
if they do that, I think actually they'd be really surprised actually themselves mm. how much they actually do for their feet. Is that fair, do you think? You know what? P- perfect. I mean, we're, we're very aligned, uh, Ollie. You know what? I, I train agents. The pitch, it's all about the art of the pitch. It's knowing a landlord in their head, okay? Knowing where they're at, doing the profiling, what they're doing, this, that, whatever. They've got a full-time job. But you're quite right. If you list down as an agent and no one really, they don't really do this. I, I do loads of talks to Arla. I did a talk yesterday to Arla to, I think, three, 400 agents. It was about evictions. Um, and I was speaking to David Cox when he was the uh, the chairman. And I, I gave them an exercise. I said to him, I said, right, how much, and do a survey, and how much time do you spend on a, on a general six-month tenancy on finding the tenant, doing the viewings, doing the let-only, doing the DBEG, putting the deposit deposit, doing the rent clear, setting everything up, doing the management for six-month tenancy? The man hour was about 80, 90, 100 hours, whatever, ridiculous. When you mm. list down and you do your pitch, when you've done your pitch and you've gone onto your fifth page after knocking a tree down because there's so much paper needed with the work that you do, what will happen is by the end of it, the landlord should say, crack on, right? And then you'll mention your fee at the end, okay? Because you are protecting your landlord. What's happened now, and you're quite right, Ollie, in the last five years, letting agents have become compliance officers. It's a complete mm. and upper, utter ball ache, isn't it? with regard to all the compliance stuff that you've got to do. But you know what, Mr. Landlord? Yeah. I'm going to make sure that you're not going to get fined £30,000 or you're not going to have a rent repayment order because you are going to be registered and you are going to have your HMO licence with the local council because actually this is the rules, this is the regulations. Actually, did you know statistically? And that's why I say to agents, you know, go on to let an agent today. Go on to our website, Landlord Zone. Have a feel of the market because you can talk yeah. about the market. You can talk about the local market. You can talk about the average rent. You can talk about, you know what, Ollie? I can tell you now. What's your? I mean, I, I asked the question at Arla and I said, "Why? Put your hands up if you can tell me your average void period from getting a property on instruction, ready to rent, to let." Right? Mm. Not one hand went up. Find out what your average void period is. Because if I, you turn around and say to me, "I can turn around your rent your property in five in five days. And actually I've got pre-reference qualified tenants ready to go. You know, one couple is a doctor and the other one's a nurse at low, you know, really, you know, you've got pre-qualified because that's the biggest worry. Now, the biggest worry now, Wally is I'm going to have a tenant in my property and they're not going to pay. Their job is going to be affected because are they going to be yeah. on furlough because we've been COVID and it's going to take me a year to get the tenant out. And of course, naturally, they should be taking rent guarantee insurance with, you know, obviously like with you guys and so forth. But yeah, and I think that's all nuggets in. You, you do. And I think that's part of building, building that, that data um, out, I think is so important. Now um, for any, any good Lord customers on, on the webinar today, you'll know that we send you on a monthly basis inside. So I would hope actually all of the good Lord customers could tell you in a heartbeat what their average void is because we actually break it down for you on a monthly basis and give you a total insight to all all the demographics around the tenants for example so and what we've urged agents before to do is use that information at the point of valuation so did you know actually the average tenant that comes with us earns £31,000 our average void period against a UK average of 22 days is now 15 days did you know that actually you know this proportion of um, of tenants is overseas because the university pulls them in you know, what type of tenants are you looking for for your property? Because I appreciate you're moving back in in 12 months. So actually, mm-hmm. are students going to be the best bet? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, the point is you can build this profile around it and you're speaking to the, the customer, I think, in a different way. Because I think what your competitor will do, 
is I think they'll walk in there and I think they'll tell them what percentage of market share they own. I think they'll tell them how long they've been around. I think they'll tell them, you know, they, why they're so brilliant. Landlords don't want to hear that, Ollie. <laughs> they don't care. They, they don't, don't care. care. I mean, our, our, our good friend Christopher Watkin, uh, I think, shouts loud enough for both of us, bless him. Um, mm. But he, he is very vocal on this stuff. And he, in my opinion, he's exactly right. They do not Great. care. They really yeah. care about who you are as a person, what you represent as a brand, and what you're going to do for them. As a, and as what a you are going to charge. That will, that will never go away. It won't. Like you no, it won't. But, the blow. Exactly right. And if you get the first three things right, that fourth one, yeah. I think, is a lot easier. Um, but, yeah. you know, again, we'll come on to Enterprise shortly. Um, so in terms of looking at as to how agents can stand out, you talked about rent protection there. It would be remiss not to mention it. Um, of course, rent protection is, um, is something that's been a major focus in the last 13 or 14 months, something that um, arguably good lawyers have become very well known for. Um, and we're very proud of that, to support our agents throughout this time. If you're not using rent protection as part of your managed service, or at least as an offering, I think at this moment in time, you're making a mistake. And it'd be remiss not to say that because the pressure that they're on landlords, the pressure that are on tenants to not have that safety net, not only for landlords' peace of mind, but to allow you to move forward in the market and say, hey, if you come with our brand, your rent is protected and it's backed by an insurance policy. I think that is so important at the moment. I appreciate not all the market is turned on to, onto rent protection. I appreciate you may have had experiences with the providers that, that haven't have failed to deliver on the promises. I would urge you, if that's the case, to speak to us at Good Lord and talk, you know, talk through what your concerns are, because I would hope we could support you in that way. Because that has on been that a point, real Ollie. Let let me just echo. I mean, look, what do I do for a living? What am I doing on TV? I'm a victim of bad tenants. I can tell you yeah. now. You know, I, I've worked in recessions. I've, I've been doing this for many, many years. Uh, I've had, we've got a record amount of numbers of landlords that have owed one year's rent arrears. You know, we had 600 cases stuck in the court system. I'm a big, big advocate for rent guarantee, rent protect, you know, to cover. So uh, I would echo. And even if you're, you're paying for it and you build it into your management fee and you say that you're giving it away for free or whatever, I don't know, however you dress it up, landlords need a peace of mind. And all you've got to do, if you want to do in the pitch, just say, oh, have you seen that program on Channel 5, Nightmare Tenant Slum Landlords? <laughs> no, but you should. I mean, look, the reality is, uh, guys that are listening to this, you have to scare the living daylights as part of your pitch to landlords. Right. Because you are their protectors. You are keeping their property safe. You are looking after it. You're doing midterm inspections. You're reporting on it. You're making sure the rent is paid and that you're transparent and you pay the rent within three days of collecting it. You're making sure that everything's running through smoothly. And you know what? A landlord, be very, very clear on this. And I wrote a book with our friend Kate Faulkner called The Landlord's Friend for landlords, basically saying use letting agents. I'm, You know, that's what I do as well. Because uh, mm. cheap is always expensive. There is a saying as a landlord, and I have this, no news is good news, okay? As long as I don't really hear from my landlord, uh, from my tenant or my agent, okay? Because, you know, let's be very clear. There's five things that keep a landlord awake at night. It's not getting their rent, okay? It's maintenance charges where the tenant calls, where the tenant calls and says, I need this done, there's void periods, okay? There's the tax implications, and then there's the government interference. No news is good news. As long as my rent's being paid and the tenant's not calling me up saying, I want this and I want that, I should be happy. Mm. 
no, definitely. And I think in terms of how you add value um, to that partnership, that is, again, about trust, isn't it? So using other landlords' experiences with you to promote your business, I think, is, is a wise yeah. move um, yes. as well, because they're going to believe that a lot more than they believe you in their front room telling them how good your business is. Yes. Um, and, you know, if your business is growing by word of mouth, of course, you're probably doing something right. So you use that as much as you possibly can uh, to stand out from your comp- competition. I do I do a talk on it. I do a talk to the landlords. I did, you know, I do loads of training to landlords as well i have a whole section on finding a tenant on finding a tenant and finding a letting agent i've got a whole four or five slides on, on what you do and how you profile your agent how you question them how you go onto all agents you know how you go onto google how you find out what their company accounts are you know mm. what are their the pool to, you know i do it i do it the whole other way you know so it's you know it, it's important because finding and instructing a letting agent for a landlord is most probably one of the most important things they've got to do yeah no definitely we've got a few questions coming in paul um i think on the back of of, of, of this slide especially um question from steven saying that he struggled uh with his latest two fully managed clients in terms of persuading them to take out a, a rent protection service uh versus the landlord insurance they take out anyway um yeah. i show them what's covered with rent protection and they uh, resist and say their policy covers them to some extent and that's enough for them um you're doing your job Stephen. that's exactly the point i think the point is you're not going to win every single landlord onto that level of service um in the same way we don't expect every single letting agent to use that service either however if you've qualified that conversation and you've educated them on the benefits of the service you can provide you know through via your rent protection um service then i think you're doing as much as you possibly can what I would suggest, though, and one of the things that a lot of our agents are using at the moment is a disclaimer. Uh, well, it, it's an indemnity document almost that essentially waives or, or confirms the understanding of landlords that by not taking that level of service, any kind of rent arrears, legal bills, etc., is uh, you know are down to them to fund and manage. Because what you don't want is a you know conversation nine months down the line where the landlord turns around and says, "Well, I thought you added that in my service," and your paperwork audit trail is a little. Um, little muddled maybe, and you're struggling to then provide you know the, the, the level of service you wanted to do. Um, so on that basis, if they are falling into that camp, Stephen, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you're, you're doing the right thing. You're not going to win all, all landlords over, but make sure they're signing something to confirm that they understand that you, you did offer that level of service and indeed the liability sits on them. And that way, I think actually you're giving them a, a last chance saloon to maybe look at it more closely and really understand the detail. Of course, a lot comes down to the product then. If the product is comprehensive and robust, then that's going to help support that level of service a lot more than something that maybe only covers for you know six months, arguably. And there's still products out there now that are only covering for six months, which mm. is just crazy in my mind, given the legal challenge. Um, uh, a, a, uh, no name on this one, but we're a question, Paul. By scaremongering, are you not saying you're renting to a shoddy tenant? I don't think we're talking about scaremongering per se. I think what no. we're saying here is actually there is risk in renting. Um, I've seen it firsthand, I'm sure Paul has, I'm sure the people on the call have, um, you know, you've maybe got a couple or an individual who's watched channel, a Channel 4 property programme, thought this was easy, easiest way to turn his money into a quick or her money into a quick buck, and actually doesn't understand that there's risk attached. There is a lot I th- I of think risk. What, I think what you have to do is, you know, you have to make, you know, you have to make it clear that obviously renting has changed quite exactly what you said 10, 15 years ago. We're up to one one seven five, one eighty, uh two hundred, I've lost count, whatever, of rules and regulations. And actually I do belong to a trade body. I have got 
I do belong to the redress scheme. I have got client money protection in place. You have to promote those because actually, if I do go bust, heaven forbid I go bust, your rents are going to be covered. Every, you know, your rents exactly. are all going to be covered, which is really important. I think, you know what? It's about what you're going to do and how you're going to protect them. Okay. And obviously the rent guarantee does come into that. I, you know, and I think what you do is, I think what agents don't do enough is they don't explain how they reference a tenant. They don't go down and dig down with regard to uh, the breakdown of how we reference, what compartments mm. we have, why we do this. Because I can tell you now, when landlords do it, they make a big mess, you know, which is a big problem, you know. So you've just got to explain stuff and break it down because all you're trying to explain is I'm going to manage your property. I can't predict that you know, Philip and Sandra break up in month six of a 12-month AST. I'm not a mind reader. That's not my fault he loses his job in the city, okay? But what I will do is, you know, I will protect you and you will have rent guarantee and we will do this and we will do that. And uh, you're protectors. That's what you are now. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And especially in a world where, you know, the, the marketing of the property um, or the link of the marketing of the property has become um, something that's fulfilled by others. You know, going back um, when I first started, you know, you, there wasn't a right move. There wasn't a Zoopla. Um, that, there was actually a finesse in how you marketed up properties. Yeah. And on that basis, I actually think when you look at some of the, um, the the very good sales agents, they've taken control back of that. Have you noticed that in sales? They're, they're, yeah. they're actually taking a lot more pride in how they're marketing the properties. They're investing a lot of money in fantastic marketing because they understand that actually right move and Zoopla and on the market and such only serve part of the purpose to really get that property sold. I, I yeah. wonder how long we are until that comes into especially mm. um, lettings in terms of investing in that process. Yeah. But on that point, Ollie, that's a really good point. You've also got to realise, you've got to explain to a landlord, there's two and a half million landlords out there, okay? Let's just say we're in Lincoln, for argument's sake, okay? So you've got university, you've got various different markets, there's built to rent, whatever it may be. You've got to explain, as an agent, to a landlord, the competition, your landlord competition. So I'm in London Road, you know. Oh, by the way, I rented something in the next road and I got X amount and I knew about that. And there's actually that development. And when you're talking about stuff with regards to part of the pitch and you're onboarding and you're talking about the advert and the type of tenants you're trying to get and your pre-qualified type of tenants, it's all part of the pitch with regard to having, you know what, Ollie, I feel good about you. You know what? You, yeah, you crack on. You know, you're going to get me a good deal. And actually, what is really important, and this is where agent, where landlords go wrong, the landlords can be greedy and agents need to manage that situation. You want to be able to pick your tenant. So I'd rather, a property, instead of a property going up for 1350 a month and I'm pushing it to its max and it may be empty and there's only two applicants going for it, I'd rather put it for 1250 a month and get eight mm. applicants and I have the best choice out of the eight tenants. And then you and Ollie come to me and say, by the way, we've got eight tenants here. Look, these are the three best ones because of X, Y, and Z. Because of X, Y, and Z. And uh, I'm going to pick this one. I think that you should pick this one. And this is my reason why I'm picking this one. Yeah, and I think that that kind of that kind of education on that micro market that you're operating in is something the landlord, unless they're really switched on, will not be aware of whatsoever. I probably haven't even thought about. Um, what landlords do think about, though, of course, is cost. 
Um, they also think about, well, they only know what they know. Um, so that's why let only um, often, I think, becomes becomes something that's, that's, that's worth entertaining. So we've got to get into this upsell process from let only um, into, in, in, into full management. For me, cost and lack of education drive um, normally the choice to be a let only landlord. Um, I appreciate there is institutional landlords out there that do this as a as a job, essentially. Multiple properties, and I don't think they fall maybe into that camp. They're looking for something slightly different. But a let-only proposition is an interesting thing for letting agents, especially on the basis that it provides a good injection of cash. But of course, there's no reoccurring revenue there. Now, the first option I want to put forward, um, uh, Paul, for discussion is don't do it. Don't offer let-only full stop. And, you know, I appreciate that is uh, an easy way out of how to upsell from let-only fully management because you're just not doing it. But I think there's a strong argument to say that actually, by stopping doing that and investing your time and efforts into your fully managed service, you may well be able to actually win more fully managed landlords um, that way. What would your thoughts be on that? You know what? I, I, look, let the game of let only. I think is dying a little bit, but you know what? You're right. I mean, if if you're an agent and you're looking to sell your business, you know, and you all, all agents, you've got to have a business plan. You've got to have an exit strategy, whatever it may be. It's all about the rent roll, okay? And the recurring. The problem you've got with let only, if it's going smoothly, you know, the average term of the tenancy prior to COVID was four years and three months, believe it or not. I mean, people just don't realise that, you know, you'll get your renewal mm. fees and all that type of stuff. And of course, you know, you've been hit with the tenant fee ban and all, all, all that stuff. There's been a lot of challenges. But really, the first exercise that I do, you know, when I when I go into an agency and I speak to them, and I sit and look at the offer and whatever, I say, right, what's your book? Right, I've got 200 properties. 60 or uh, 30 are let only. 170, you know, are are fully management how do i get that 30 onto full management what type of package or even is there an in between because really on the let only because there's more uh you know the problem you've got now is there is more of a problem that an agent could get sued for non-compliance they forget to do this or they forget Mm. to do that and then there's a claim in their pi or there's a complaint to the redress scheme you know i think it's going to get to a point where some agents, I think, this is what I predict. Some agents will say, "Well, you want let only, okay? Let this is the let only. I will find you a tenant. I'll advertise your property. You'll have the tenant, and you crack on. I'm not going to do anything. Mm. I'm not going to draft the tenancy agreement. Yes, the referencing is part of that, but that's it. I'm not going to put the deposit deposit. I'm not going to do any of that. And it might be a real basic tenant, tenant, tenant find. And I think a lot of agents will go down to that point." Yeah. When it comes to a point of getting that pitch right and realizing what you've got to do, then you know, uh, fully management. You are, you will. I, I'm coming across a lot more agents that are literally um, having let only as a dwindling uh, service yeah. because they want full management and there is more upsell. You know, there was the pressure of the tenant fee ban and you can't obviously charge tenants. How can I upsell the landlord? Well, I can't really upsell them more than an, it's only stuck at a let only a full management. I can do that and I can do this and I can do Mm. that. And actually there's that add on. So, you know, that's where it's at. I mean, yes, the argument is that, you know, is the landlord going to put the rents up in some areas they have done, but yeah, I think some agents, some agents will get quite ruthless, but you've got to be quite clever and you've got to get that pitch right. But you will get landlords that if they're on let only and they've got a tenant there for ages and it's not broken, well, why should I go full management? You're going to have to get that barrier as well. 
Yeah, and I think it's again. I don't want to hark back to the, the first point we made, but it goes back to that profiling. It under, it's understanding exactly what's driving the landlord. If that landlord is, you know, twenty years around the block, has only ever used let-only services, um, I'd argue um, it's going to take something extremely special to convert them. However, if this is a landlord walking into the market thinking actually I only live a mile or two away from the property, I can manage that. You know, it's not far. I've got I'm, I'm semi-retired. I've got the time. It feels a bit pricey to go to fully management. That's really the bread and butter that needs to be uplifted. And I think the first thing is understanding who they are. The second thing is educating them on the lettings process, because there is no way that they understand the 47 changes in the last 12, 13 months. Mm. There is no way that they have a framework to ensure that the communication with the tenant, um, the uh, management of the rental amount, especially if they are to fall into arrears, is managed in a way that is going to be conducive to getting the best possible results at court if there if ever needs to be called upon. There's no way they're, they're, they're going to be in that position because it's not their job. But I think it's explaining that and then using costing either side. And what I mean by that is saying, hey, if we're going to do this, we've got this option and here's what it covers. But more importantly, let only, here's what it doesn't. So if you take that list of fully managed services we talked about earlier, you've got a red and a green box there for let only. And that red box is probably a lot, lot bigger than the green box. Here's all the things we don't do for you as part of let only. But if you mm. want it, here's what we do do. And when you look at cost, I think, mm. you know, we've got to be more aggressive on the cost of let only because yes, you've really got a question. Do we actually want that business? I'm not mm. sure. I'm not sure it warrants because I think what most agents do, if they're anything like I was, you end up doing almost as much work for let only. Well, that, but on that, that's so important, Ollie, because agents got to be ruthless because you've got your two lists. You've got your let only. You've got your fully management. Yeah, you might have rent collect in the middle. And I'm a let-only landlord. And I'm like I said, you know, the analogy of a landlord calling you up five times a day, you know, and you've got to get roofers. And, of course, you've got to get roofers. And, actually, that property's not up to spec. I don't want to take it on. You know, you've got to, it's more trouble yeah. than it's worth. I've, got, You know what, Ollie? You had let-only. You've called me six times in the last week. Uh, no, I can't do that. I can. I am happy because you've been a client for me for six years, and it has been let-only. There is much more work that I have to do now. And as I said, I'm spending 95 hours on a fully managed let only. I've actually worked out that I'm spending X amount. I can do an introductory offer because you're a good client for the first year of full management of X amount. And actually, if you break it down on a monthly basis, it's going to cost you 35 quid a month plus VAT. Right. But I can't take those calls anymore because we just can't do it because I've got, you know, you've got to be more ruthless on your time yeah. as, a, as a letting agent. And once you put it there, most landlords will back down. They won't, ch- they will, a, let- a landlord will move letting agents for only a handful of reasons. One, because they think you've done a poor service or you've overcharged or you've taken liberties or you put a bad tenant in or there was poor referencing. I mean, they're generally the scenarios. You haven't looked after the property. But if you've got a good tenant in, and you've been managing it and you've been doing it for the sake of two, three, four percent, you know, and that's what he's saying for your let only charge of eight percent, your full management of 12 percent, the four percent difference. You break that down on a 12 monthly basis. It's cheaper than a pack of fags or whatever it is. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, actually yeah. let it. And that's what I do when I do my pitch and I, I talk to and I work out the local offerings. That's where you've got to hammer that down to land because they look at that and think. It's all tax deductible. What, you know what? Yeah, crack on. Just take on. Yeah, just do it. You know, and it's because I am too busy. I'm trying to build my business up. I've got a young family. I'm trying to, you know, like you said with the profiling. Whatever it may be, exactly. It's that peace of mind that you're really inheriting there and taking that liability on. And I think mm. by, by, you know, 
by explaining that there's compliance in this thing, again, that'll be new news to a lot of landlords. Like, I have to do what? That sounds crazy. Well, yes, that's the legislation, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord. That's what we have to do. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. So, you know, compliance, go through all those compliance virtues. And somebody's asking the chat, because it's building that up and, and, and giving it in, in, in a way that actually you, you as letting agents can pass this on to landlords and say, hey, here, here, here's the reason why I would look here, not not on a let only. But yes. that education point and that, and that, that you know, Hammering home the point that actually you're there as a fully managed uh, letting agent mm. to protect their peace of mind, whereas a let only mm. you're there to instruct. I think but the comparisons is, of those two things are so important. Yeah. To make but there, 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 there is a change. There is a change, Ollie. Just be aware, and I know this because I speak to loads. Of, I've got mates, you know, that I've got. I've got a mate of mine who's got 860 tenants in Brighton. I've got another mate who's got 150 properties. I've got a lot of mates right over the years, and I can tell you now. There's a lot of older land because of what's happening in the industry. Landlords are really feeling battered the last year, right, with what's been going on. And landlord, I've never seen so much engagement between landlords and letting agents. And as you know, we started the mediation service with the property redress scheme. You are getting older landlords now that are thinking about selling up. So you've got to make mm. sure that you've got that sale. Okay. Or you are getting landlords that were self-managing, you know, and we work very close with the National Residential Landlord Association. We do all their landlord insurance and I do a whole lot of work with them. Is you are getting the older landlords, okay, that are actually thinking, I need someone to fully manage now. Okay, it's too much for me. There are, there, there is, I mean, I, you know, I've heard some real scenarios of that happening. So be aware of those older landlords that actually think it's too much ag. And they will go to full management and try and pitch those landlords if you can try and try and find them. And that's what I, I try and talk about is trying to find those landlords because it's not easy. No, and I think some of those will be in front of you. And it shouldn't be taken just because you have a stable of let only landlords. They're always yeah. going to be let only landlords. And it's mm. that, again, that education piece. It's not mm. selling the service. It's, hey this month there's another change in compliance yeah. or hey oh look at this uh, look at this uh, president's case in court where a landlord really slipped up or and it, it's building it around education and then after you've educated them four five six times then you promote the service that you, you know, in terms of your fully mm. managed service and you can start yeah. to join the dots together but it's it's not an easy trick and you know if you are going to entertain let only uh, let only services which i think there will be less and less agents doing moving forwards frankly but if you are I think it's so important to show the detailing around actually what they're not going to get rather than what they do get. Yes, because the inference definitely. when I look at some propositions is they're pretty similar, actually. I could just go for that one. It's a lot cheaper. I'm not paying on a monthly basis. It's like, yeah, I'll do that. And nobody's there to stop me because we're, you know, we're happy we won the instruction. Arguably, um, that isn't a win-win compared to a fully managed instruction. But, to, but, but some, charging your fees, Ollie, monthly is a big, big plus for a landlord. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of agents that do it, but I would encourage that because that is part. If you're trying to switch from the let only to full management, mm. looking at paying that big upfront fee, it, you know it's a real, real. It's a big, it's a big payment to make. So make, don't worry, we'll take it monthly, and it works out this over the twelve months. You know yeah. that really eases to that transition. Yeah, no, I like that, definitely. And again, matching that again with the landlord's needs. Maybe they're looking for a longer-term mm. investment or, it's just, you know, whatever the, the, their plans are, you can start to mm. build this, this property. Shall, shall I tell you a them. funny story, Ollie? I, this is because, I mean, look, I, get, I do get recognised from time to time, not for being on Love Island, unfortunately, but, but for being on the... <laughs> uh, but but, but I, I'll be out, just get some randoms. And I'm, I was taking my dog... I live in North London. I was taking my dog for a walk, and there was this postman 
He goes, hello, Paul. And then I started chatting to him. I love the program and all this. So I started chatting to him and he was pushing, you know, with his letters around and all that. So, you know, I, just, I, have a, I have a bunny with anyone. So I was having a chat with him. And he goes, I'm a landlord. I said, really? Yeah, yeah. So he goes, yeah, I'm a landlord. So I started talking to him. He goes, I need to trace an ex-tenant owes me eight grand. I said, oh. So I started talking to him and whatever. He owned and rented out eight properties and he's a postman, right? So what I'm saying is the profile of the landlord now change anyone and everyone's yeah. landlords you know yeah and you just don't know and of course as agents it's all about networking I mean, i'll give you one little nugget when you're doing a viewing you know and you're renting a property out do you as agents knock next door on the next door neighbors and say hi i'm paul from ps lettings okay i'm fully managing this property for the if you do have a problem feel free to give me a call blah, 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 and you start talking to oh i'm renting out of my landlord he owns 25 properties whatever you know and then you just open mm. yourself up you know you've got to be able to network i mean it's a natural thing that agents have but just you know it you just be surprised where you can find landlords yeah 100 percent, and you know as we sort of finish off for today i think the point which we made is you know, we may well expect another trench of new landlords to market in the next yes. 12 to 18 months, mm. because as the sales market um, changes um, and as stamp duty um, changes are, are enforced, there may well be a glut of uh, property that hasn't been able to sell. And you've then got people who have already made other plans or they've, you know, they're, they're looking to, to move or whatever it may be. I think it's it, it, it's safe to assume that we could well see an influx of new landlords over the coming 12 to 18 months. That has always been the, the process in, in my experience when we've gone through economic stress, mm, that actually mm, mm. there does seem to be more properties to market. So yeah. this is there's a lot of people with a lot of money out there, Ollie, waiting to move. You know, I speak to some big investors. You know, you're also going to see a lot of landlords selling with tenants in situ. That yeah. there's a lot of that that happen. You know, there'll be landlords getting out, and there'll be landlords getting in. And they, you know, we, you know, there there may be a correction in the market, and the market might move in 2022 or whatever. But you know what? We are an island. We have a housing shortage. Renting yeah. is needed more than ever. Property is so expensive. And you know, it, it, you know, we're you know, it's what twenty one percent, twenty two percent creeping up to now, where the social housing sector is sixteen percent. So mm. you know, uh, lettings is in a good place. It really is. It is, and it's our job to try and convert those, you know, other landlords that are, are, are at the moment not entertaining agents um, to, to looking at letting agents. Collectively, it's our job, and hopefully, in a year or two's time, we're talking about it being more of a fairer split. And I think if we can take advantage of really, you know, detailing our proposition, being super transparent and focused on the customer, then mm. we put ourselves yes. in the best possible chance. Um, it's yes. been really interesting talking to you today, Paul. As always. Another big thank you to Paul Champlina for joining us and to Ollie for his insights. Good old Ollie mentioned Good Lord's Rent Protection Insurance and our Good Lord Insights in this podcast. So if you are interested in learning more about those services, do pay us a visit at goodlord.co. That's goodlord.co. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a rating. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with a new episode. Until then, be sure to visit us at goodlaw.co slash newsagent for the latest news and data on the lettings industry, including on-demand webinars and free resources. See you next time.